<laughs> oh god. Oh, that was so quick. Went from like oh. five to three to recording and that's Damn, yeah, I'm not ready. Go god. go man, go. Chug that bitch. Come on now. You can do this. You're not you're not a wimp. Not with all this ice. And it's it's a couple it shots down. of tequila in here. You can you can do it. I believe in you. I've seen you. It's not gonna happen. Suffer the brain freeze. Do it for the fans at home. Do it for the fans at home. You have been gold. Yes. Happy? Yes. Yes. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna continue drinking, you're gonna have to not do that. Yes. Yeah. So like Jack vacated. Black with the inward singing. I am vacated. <laughs> so, changing topics while I <laughs> reach off screen for more alcohol because I had to slam that one. Yes. Thanks, Graham. Hey, I didn't believe that you were up to my level, and I still don't. Remember, That's I pre Nobody in this world is I up to your level. I pre-gamed, You're sir. And I, I'm arching, I'm arching myself as if I can see you better around the corner as you disappear <laughs> across the screen. I, I, it's like, it's like, dude, get back over here, Corey. I need to talk to you. I have a bone to pick with you, sir. <laughs> see, yeah, nobody is on your fucking level. I've hung out with you, both sober, high, drunk, and others, and there is no level equivalent to whatever plane of existence you live on, Graham. Okay. That was meant to be a compliment. Uh, I'm I'm processing it as a compliment. Don't you worry. process it while I finish making this delicious margarita. So I use an ounce and a half of tequila, and then Kirkland brand. Shameless plug. I don't give a fuck. They ain't sponsoring this. Kirkland brand margarita mix is fucking delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is happening. Sure. And it has booze in it. So there's like there's an ounce and a half of tequila, and there's booze in this. Yeah. So we getting mm -hmm. tuned up, son. Yeah. This shit's happening. Yeah. You, oh, you go. You go, girl. You know what? You go. That's why I've never been in a uh. fight. Anyway, <laughs> you were going to say something. You had something in mind. You said you had the perfect intro until I ruined it for you. I wouldn't say the perfect intro. Let's set expectations here. <laughs> <laughs> I just I can't. I had it coming to... I'm not going to say Jesus, because there's no Jesus here. In this house of worship? No, thank you. Uh, no, it's, it's, a, it was a, it's fair. I had a moment when I was, you know, because uh, we upload we upload on Fridays. For those who don't know, every new episode of Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions comes out Friday at midnight. So shameless check the YouTube. For, for whatever. Shameless. You know, shameless no, for the no thing shame. you're watching. No shame here, son. No shame here. Uh, and then, you know, after I upload it, I watch it. And listen to it to make sure it's all there. You know, naturally. It, you know, of course, I do that a little bit when I'm editing too. But it, you know, it's here and there. I just kind of scrub through it when I'm editing. But it's like, there's the, you know, that just goes to show the quality of work we put in. I just kind of like cursory look at it when I'm editing, and oh, then I upload it. I actually listen to the good. whole thing when I edit. Yeah, that's nice. I don't have time for that shit, dude. You really, you know, you you've got time. You're a student. You got nothing going on. I'm got. Wow, that's job a bold that. statement coming from a college graduate. Because I that that's how I know you have all the time. <sighs> all 
I've been there. I did it for five years. I went to college. I know you have all the time in the world. Proceed, I worked 50 sir. hours this week. Proceed. And Go I, ahead. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. I went to Cleveland this week, God damn it. Leave me alone. I that there is that is that supposed to be a boast or or uh no, it's something Ohio. that you would say at an AA meeting. <laughs> I went to Cleveland this weekend. <laughs> it was my rock bottom. Good evening, I've never ladies and been gentlemen. So low. My name is Corey Oaks and I went to Ohio. I'm ashamed of what I've done. I'd like to repent and uh find forgiveness in those who I've wronged. I'd like to join the 69-step program to recovery from going into the state of Ohio. The best part is that the majority Amen. of the majority of all presidents we've ever had in this country are from Ohio. For some weird yeah, reason. Yeah, like that like sort of 13, 13 uh, of our presidents, I think that's the number, 13 of our presidents are from Ohio um, across the years. It's like a years. third. I, that's a good solid like third or that's at least chunk. at least quarter it's <laughs> somewhere between there no because we're what uh, 46 now yeah so that's a you know yeah a third to a, a quarter, a quarter to a third. and a third yeah but it, 27 like, percent <laughs> yeah <laughs> give or take like, but like what's so good about ohio i can tell no hold on before you answer that i can tell you it's nothing there's nothing good there's nothing interesting about ohio that's what i was gonna say maybe that's why because it's so boring and that's what americans want is like so middle of the road so fucking boring i'm about to get assassinated by an ohioan aren't i so anyway, I watched the episode, listened in, and for those uh, for those who've been asking, we are nobody's asking. I'm just saying that it's like we have an audience. Uh, oh, we are going to release this now. soon on Apple uh, iTunes as well as uh, Spotify and other various sources. So soon you'll be able to just listen to Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions, and you won't have to look at my ugly mug or Graham's scruffy beard. So look forward That's to that. The dream Stay right tuned. There. That's the dream. Uh, right I wish there. I didn't have to look at your face, but I'm forced to during this. So you know what. But you know, I know Turnabout's fair play, and you got to look at me, and I'm just like, what the fuck? We're. I think the reason. I think the reason our audience is is not coming back is because they have to look at our face, and they're just like, they, these guys are not worth looking at. But as soon as they start listen, just just hearing us, I think it'll See, be much better, much safer. I've always said, my mom has always told me I had a face for radio. You know, I think you do. I do. <laughs> so anyway, I'm listening to the episode, and it dawned upon me. I really like this show. I really yeah. like it, Graham. Because I get sure. to experience it twice. Once from recording, and then again when I listen to it again, when I listen to it and I go, wow, this is what we talked about? Holy shit. Because I don't remember a lick of it. Fuck me. <laughs> we talked about Pinocchio for like a goddamn half hour. Do you realize this? Oh yeah, I loved that conversation. I can't believe that you were that you can't remember it because it's one of my favorite uh, conversations I've ever had with you. Like, who the fuck is Timothy Chalamet? Uh, well, is that that girl from how, Dune? How many hours do you have right now? Sorry, how many days do you? <laughs> this is a deep well. <laughs> I don't know what's more disturbing. My lack of knowledge of Hollywood actors or your offer to explain who Timothy Chalamet is to me in, uh, in more than one sentence. Like, how much do you know this dude? 
Something you want no, to tell I us, don't. Graham? I, I we have don't. breaking news. I don't. I Give us something breaking, Graham. I used to, I used to have like little, very, very little interest in him, and I, I still have very moderate interest in him. But uh, he uh, has actually intrigued me more and more with his more recent uh, performances. Like he, he, he's an actor who's definitely just getting better, and I think that he. Uh, obviously has a bright future i mean he's already fucking famous uh so that's not for what that, that's my question because he, he like what did I he do before dune um or this hot pinocchio bullshit he's he's done he's he's done quite a bit but he he was the kid in um the sun uh like the teenage uh uh son in uh fuck what is it called interstellar Ah. Remember, mm-hmm. so like so, what the three minutes of screen time that the kids had that wasn't well, the daughter. Had, he had an, an incredibly uh, powerful um, uh, monologue that and, he gave, and that bled into the uh, uh, adult version of him. So it was like you could. Was that they, Casey Affleck's character? That was Casey Affleck's character. Yeah. So they uh, they were the, they that was the teenage and adult uh, version of each other, and uh, Timothy Timothy Chalamet in that movie proved himself just by being able. Uh, in, my opinion actually being better i would have preferred if they stuck with him because casey affleck is like very basic bitch but for like a for a 15 16 year old kid at the time he fucking nailed it <laughs> he see was really i've seen that good. movie several times nolan is one of my favorite directors yeah i have no idea what you're referring to okay i it's always so forgettable whatever um but he also went on to do uh, quite a few other films uh i th- was it was it call me by your name um I th- Corey. I... No. That's my name. Call me by my name, Corey. I I have to. Look. Yeah, it's it's call me by your name. It's a it's a film about um, uh, two closeted gay men who fall in love with each other, but like obviously because of you know societal societal norms are not able to, and it takes place I think in the because we shitty. Something. Because we shitty, Americans we as shitty. a human we race shitty. are awful people, and we need to stop that. We just need to like stop caring what other people are doing and just be like, "You listen here, humans, thing. stop it, stop it, stop it." You're awful people. You can there. Do, we just fixed the human race, Graham. Yeah, we did. did it. We we nailed it. We nailed it. I did. I saw that. Stop it. No. Well, you've got better vision than I do. You can look right through a lens and see the audience i don't know how you do it sir no (laughs) for those who who cannot see Corey has just thrown the magazine behind him splatting onto the ground and causing i have no idea where it landed i'll figure it out tomorrow that's that's (laughs) future Corey's problem that's hung over Corey's problem he's gonna have to clean up this shit what an (laughs) asshole that kid is uh anyway uh uh uh, Timothy Chalamet, he, he's he's like done a lot of art films. He did a film um, with Steve Carell a few years ago that was really really good. I in fact I would love to watch that again. I I don't feel like I appreciated it as much as I. Uh, Which one was should. that? Um, fuck. It wasn't Dan in real life, was it? Um. What? I just no. remember that being like an arty film for Steve Carell. It was a uh, beautiful boy. Nope, no idea. Okay, so it was based... I, uh, here. You know who I feel like Timothy Chalamet is? He 
is the late 20-teens, early 2020s Ryan Gosling. He looks like Ryan Gosling, for fuck's sake. I don't think so, but you can tell yourself that if you want to. I was, like, um, after watching the, or listening, you know, listening to the podcast, I was like, who the fuck is this kid again we were talking my, about? And I pulled up a picture of Dune, and I was like, holy shit, it's Ryan Gosling, just with longer hair. I didn't care about his performance in Dune. The thing that solidified him as a good actor in my mind was Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch. Mm. And... I've seen that film twice now. In fact, I think I'm going to go watch it tonight after we stop talking because this is that's a, such a great film. Um, and he he plays such he plays the Wes Anderson's type. You know, obviously he sticks to the norms of what what Wes Anderson is asking for. But his character is so fun and and unique. Uh, there. The, I've described uh, uh, the French Dispatch as um, the most Wes Anderson ever Wes Anderson. It's the Westest West this side of the West. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you very much. I'll be here all night. Wes Anderson went full Wes Anderson, and I couldn't be happier because you never go full Wes Anderson. No, no, you absolutely go full Wes Anderson. You never go my, full Wes Anderson. From my, from, because, because in my opinion, French, French Dispatch is his best movie, and that's the movie where he went full Wes Anderson. And so, by that logic, you always go full Wes Anderson. No, because if you go full Wes Anderson on everything, then every, nothing is full Wes Anderson. I just blew your fucking stone mind, didn't I? I think I'm, I'm going to have to ponder this. Just like if everything is perfect, then nothing is perfect. I, I told you, it. I have to think about this. So, future Graham, cue the music. I forgot to grab a water. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to keep it recording, but I'm going to grab a water. You do that, I'll vamp a little bit and keep the kids entertained while I sit what? here and finish my margarita. Just keep go, go, fucker, go. Get the fuck out of here. I'm talking to the kids now. Fuck you. Well, Graham goes and grabs his hydration. I came to a stunning uh, revelation during the break, folks. So you may re you may watch me occasionally if you're watching the show. If you're listening, then well, you're missing out on all the gloriousness. But if you're watching the show, you'll notice I go off screen a lot. I go over here because that's where my fridge is in my bar, just out of reach on the headphones. But my fridge opens the wrong way. So I got to really like crank around that fucker to get some drinks. So if I remember like off screen doing some weird shit, just just trust that I'm doing weird shit and move on with your day. Did you get your water, Graham? Yeah. All right. So we're going to move on. Look. Jesus hey, Christ. It's good. I love it. Yeah, that's not going to help you with anything here. What? It's not alcohol, and you told me I couldn't drink. Yeah, you can't drink. You're a little There's bitch. No, drunk thoughts. Your no, drunk thoughts no, you're, you're just. You're just, you just can't drink. How? There was that train. Dare you, how? Dare you drink you. fat tug for I God's come sakes. from a proud line of alcoholics. And just because a dude's from Norway doesn't booze. make him a fucking Viking. We know how to hold our booze, sir. My mother. Yeah, you hold it in your hand and spill it around and 
sniff it and whatnot. And you're like, ooh, the bouquet is flowery. Yeah, get fucked. All right, sir. Come to oh, Michigan. No. We drink like real men. That's just a facade. The the oh yes, I'm just going to twirl this wine. That's just a facade. People who drink wine are just try, dr- oh, drinking it to get fucked up. Fuck. Wine Trust hangovers me. are the fucking worst. Oh, I know. Don't wine even hangovers get started. Are the goddamn. Don't, you don't even know. I could give a TED talk on wine, <laughs> red wine hangovers, especially. I I could oh, write a, the... I could write a thesis. I could write a one thousand page <laughs> epic. Just on the on the premise of what it's like to have a red wine. I almost want to see you do that just so you'd actually finish writing something. God damn it. Fair Ding. point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just got personal. Fair point. <laughs> we did get personal. I didn't think we were going to go there, but. Oh, I went there, sir. <laughs> I went there. God, I'm Sadly, the only thing I would attack you over is far too personal to bring up here. So, fuck. What, my non-existent social life? Yeah, that's always entertaining. Sure, let's let's describe it. Let's that. dive into my social life or lack thereof. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> I went to the fair twice this past week. It was fun. Minnesota State Fair is a lot of fun. For yeah. Those who don't know. Yeah. I hung out with friends. I made friends. It was amazing. And then yeah, I had pizza you, for did dinner. You have, did you have elephant ears? No, I, I didn't. Well, what, what food did we have? We had a little barbecue. Cookies out the wazoo. There's this, like, Martha's Cookies that you can get at the Minnesota State Fair. And I'm, I shit you not. You, 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 you get up to the line, and the smallest you can get is a cone. And, you know, imagine this is like a paper cone. Sure. And they're scoop, scoop. Sure. Scoop, sure. scoop. Like, there is probably, like, 20 cookies in this fucking thing for $8. They are massive, freshly baked, delicious fucking cookies. And they just overload it for 8 bucks. And you can get a you can get a bucket. They offer a bucket for, like, I think it was 16 bucks. It advertises over four dozen cookies in this bucket. Like, people are walking around with, like, the leaning tower of fucking cookies. Yeah. 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 But I did all that, and then I had pizza for dinner. Pizza. I had the crusty crab pizza. It's the pizza. For the record... That is the best goddamn episode of Spongebob. Is it? The episode where they make the Krusty Krab pizza, which the Krusty Krab is known for burgers, for fuck's sake. Obviously. And they get sent out. Sp- Spongebob and Squidward get sent out to go deliver a pizza and get lost is fucking hysterical. Yes. And Spongebob's just carrying the pizza around all like, the Krusty Krab. Okay, I can't do it anymore. Uh, and Squidward is just the pessimistic asshole that he always is. Fucking hey, SpongeBob, we gotta go home. And he's like, no, we gotta deliver the pizza. It's fucking hysterical. And then they find the fucking rock. He's like, SpongeBob, it's a boulder. And he goes, no, Squidward, it's a rock. Ah, uh, look at this baby. He's in good shape, too. The, the pioneers used to ride these things all the time back in the day. And Squidward fights him until fucking SpongeBob mows him down with the goddamn rock. I I have not seen that, that episode. I've not seen that. It's in the first since season. I was like nine, I think maybe eight years old. It's been such a long time since I've watched oh. an episode of of. of uh, uh, I remember when SpongeBob aired. I remember the buildup that Nickelodeon in the '90s had for that show. That buildup was huge. I think they did it after their like, you know, their the, it was like their Nickelodeon Awards or something. They aired it after that. 
Yeah. So like everybody was glued to their TV, and I remember that that episode dropping. Where I'm ready, I'm ready, and fucking a was that just like a great show when it started. Nineties yeah, Nickelodeon show, is gorgeous. That show it's has, fucking uh, weird. Quite a few um, connections with Mister Show with Bob and David, uh, David uh, David Cross and Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, well, you know, so does uh, Yogo Gabba Gabba and ska music. We're not talking about that. No, no, no. But I want I want to draw these interesting connections. Uh, the voice of SpongeBob, who I'm forgetting Tom the name Kenny. of, you, Tom Kenny, uh, was in Mr. Boom, Show. Bitch. He was in Mr. Show for the majority of it. Probably missed only a few episodes, and was their go-to silly guy. Like he was like his characters were always like flashy and over the top and just weird and i'm gonna go crazy right now and ha, 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 ha. and he that was always what uh, his characters were kind of go to they were on a spectrum they wouldn't always be super crazy but they were on a on a spectrum of crazy and uh he is married to i am forgetting her name uh but she voices mrs plankton in spongebob and she was also in actually more episodes what she mrs was plankton in, uh the computer Oh, oh. She her she's married to uh, Plankton, technically. I was reading this. Yeah, I, was I just don't think that was her name. It. No, but she's it's she's, some weird AI name. She, yeah, I forget. But she but on her on her whatever their Wikipedia is for uh, SpongeBob, she's called name slash Mrs. Plankton. Uh, oh, yeah, gotcha. yeah. That must so happen that's, in that's an episode what after. I yeah. After Which, I like you know hit puberty and my voice yeah. became lower than SpongeBob's, I stopped watching it. That's fair. But '90s Nickelodeon, dude, is ah, oh, it's sad that you didn't grow up with that because it is such an amazing time for cartoons. Like those shows are so fucking weird. Like you want to have a fun afternoon while being high. Always. Then you need to like. That's that's mainly first smoke what a bowl. I do. Yeah, no kidding. Smoke a bowl and go watch like Rocco's Modern Life or Angry Beavers or Innovator Zim because these shows will flip the script on like what you think cartoons are. They are fucking like, like they were almost they're closer to Rick and Morty than you would mm. think for a Nickelodeon. Yeah, like Rocco's Modern Life full on had a character who was just dead set on uh, committing adultery on her husband next door. She was a fucking toad and he's a wallaby. Like, Bojack Horseman, this shit, way back in the day. Speaking of Rick and Morty, have you heard uh, Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon's statements on uh, the possibility of Rick and Morty going on forever? I mean, that's what they wanted to, I've heard. They, they, that was always their dream. They wanted it to be like a Simpsons uh, that just was, like, in this kind of weird (laughs) uh, uh, multiverse world. And I love it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it if it can maintain its quality, and I trust Justin Roiland um, if he sticks with it. So you just have a good joint lit. Uh, no, it's actually incense. Oh, well, way to ruin the mood. But it's. (laughs) I mean, I should. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Yes, Corey, I do have a joint. (laughs) I mean, you better puff it because it's been smoking for a while, and weed doesn't stay lit for long. Oh, I'm inhaling. You just kind of like. I feel like you yeah. got one of those like essential oil burners with just THC in it. <laughs> that I've thought about. 
I've I've wondered about that technology. I have pondered. It, if it doesn't it exist, exists. it needs to. It needs to, yeah. Mm. Either that, either that, or <clears throat> my ideal, my ideal device in the whole world is a disc about this big. Can maybe be about between your fingers big. or between your hand. It's like it's so a about disc the size about, of a quarter. Yeah, about the size, of, maybe a little bit bigger than a quarter. Can Half be a little bit, uh, yeah, and a little bit. It can be a little thicker, obviously. But when Always. you when you activate it, you set it on just like a table or something, and then you can start smoking, and the smoke just gets sucked in really fast. But does it doesn't affect anything else in the room? It just affects the smoke. I'm pretty sure they also, have these. Uh, if they do, I have searched for them, and I'm then it must mean I'm very bad at googling. No comment. That's too easy. Too 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 low of hanging fruit. We're gonna just move on, or I'll, we'll be here all goddamn night. Ugh. Anyway, um, I've been reading this interesting book. You know, I, I warned wanted, you against that. I wanted to talk to you about it. Uh-oh. Uh, actually, I didn't want to talk really about the book so much as a, a concept that comes from it. Uh, well, it was nice knowing you, friend. You've been a so, good drink. I'm going to need another soon. The book is Time Travel, The Popular Philosophy of Narrative by David Wittenberg. He's a, a professor at the University of Iowa, an associate professor. Uh, I was expecting Stephen Hawking, but okay. No, no. it's uh, it, He might be a full professor now. This was published in 2013. But shout out to mm-hmm. David, uh, David Wittenberg. It is a very interesting book, and I've gotten a lot of ideas from it. But one of the best ideas that has come from this book... Um, it comes right from the introduction before he gets into all the different you know, nitty gritty stuff right in the in the beginning of the book he talks about how stories themselves are time machines it can be argued that be, instead of time travel being an extension of storytelling storytelling is an extension of time travel that we ourselves, when we tell stories, are time traveling. When we think back on our lives, we are time traveling. When we think forward into what we hope we'll see, we're time traveling in a sense. We don't know necessarily what we're going to see, but we're attempting to. But we're always going back and reminiscing on pa- on past ah, on past events and. When we do that, we're kind of unconsciously time traveling, and sometimes we remember things differently, but for the most part, we remember them how we remember them. And so when we're telling stories, that's just an extension of it. They're time traveling. When I really wish I could remember this moment differently. When a character in a story moves forward in time nine months in the span of four and a half minutes. That's time traveling. The characters have just time traveled for the sake of the audience's Yeah, it's like a jump cut. Exactly, exactly. I'm going to cite the... uh, uh, Filmmaking. The seventh episode of season four, Better Call Saul, Something Stupid. There's a four and a half minute uh, introduction where uh, Jimmy McGill, as Saul Goodman, is kind of doing his day-to-day business 
uh, uh, selling phones to cr bur uh, burner phones to criminals so that he can just gather clientele for when he becomes a lawyer. And Kim Wexler is becoming a bigger and bigger lawyer. You know, she's opening up a bunch of uh, bank branches for the bank that she works for, as well as doing a lot of pro bono work for, you know, uh, poor and unfortunate uh, souls. The DA, who, yeah, no, the uh, public you know, defenders. Just, just public defenders. She's just helping people yeah, yeah, who she's she working feels for Mesa like need Verde better, and... need better uh, defenses. And so it shows this huge, probably like seven, eight month development for these two characters during a time that is totally unnecessary for the plot. You know, this is a part that just does not need to be seen. Uh, except for that part, you know, we don't need we don't need to see Mike Ermintrout and the the guys blasting those holes to get that all out. We see, we've seen the the beginning of it at the end of the last episode, and now they're gonna jump ahead to when the hole is opened up. Well, no, I think I think it's totally necessary. You know, a montage, at least a successful montage in this situation, is yes, is is what because that's what it is. It's a montage. It's a series of scenes and sequences that progress forward in time and usually center around a subject. It shows the progression or degression in the case of Saul, but some sort of aggression in a direction that furthers that character to become who they're meant to be. I, I cite you. I'll get all lawyers. I'll get lawyers I speak, think, fucker. I'll I'm cite sorry. you. I think you misunderstood. I, I think you, you think I meant that we don't we don't need to see it at all. I meant we don't need to spend as much time on it as the show usually does. Because usually episodes of the show only take about two days to like two weeks max. No. I think and you then, could cover a span the, of time. But, but but that because they wanted to jump forward to where it gets more interesting after that whole yeah. like kind of nothingness they jumped over it and that's that's the the benefit well, of using narrative. Look at like travel. the where where I was at before you so rudely cut me off. Well, I thought you misunderstood what my point was. No, I understand your point. Your 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 point just sucks. That's all. Um, <laughs> your high opinion is not so Fair high. Enough. Get off the fucking high horse. Well, your there, drunk thought is a little too drunk. Yeah, that's a, that's a fact. But, you know, when it comes to a montage, like, that's the point of a montage, is to skip over the shit that, or not the point, I shouldn't say the point, because there's always an exception to the rule. But a lot of times, the effect of a montage is to gloss over shit that, you know, would rather, would normally be boring to watch if you were watching it in real time. Again, my case in point, would be any fucking Rocky movie. Go watch a Rocky movie. There's always the training montage where it's just Rocky doing various workouts, which if you were watching that in real time or have, having that play out in real time, oh, one push-up, two push-up, three, fuck that. Like, nobody's going to watch that bullshit. But you watch Rocky run down the road, interacting with the fellow uh, Philadelphia folks, you know, doing various workouts, continuing to run. You know, it, it, that's what makes that scene great. It's it just, it's... Yeah. It's, uh, I don't want to say juxtapose, if that's not the right word, I could be wrong. But, like, you see his progression through his running, and eventually he gets to the top of the stairs, and it's flying high now. But, you know, because nobody okay. wants to watch him train in real time. Fuck that. Yeah, no, but you that's, see that's him exactly getting better and better. That's my point. So that's... That we, we're, skip, we're, we're getting glimpses of it, but we're, we're passing over it uh, quickly so that it's not the center of attention so that we can get to the It serves the story. The story. Yeah, exactly. 
Jinx, you owe me a Coke. I actually, you you cited Rocky. Funny enough, it's it's going. I'm I'm uh, doing a companion piece to this video, or this will be a companion to that. Who knows? I'm doing. I thought a, I was your um, companion, Graham. I'm doing a video essay on time travel, narrative. I'm travel, sad you moved past that. I'm going to ignore you because you need to listen, sir. Because I am giving a shameless plug right now. It's very important. You have the floor, sir. Porcupine, please. Thank you. Shameless plugs. <laughs> the most sacred of things. <laughs> Hold on. Future Graham, add a soundbite. Shameless plug. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm doing this video essay, and it's uh, hopefully going to lead to a series of video essays on the concept of time travel in different aspects. But this first one is going to deal a lot with the uh, series finale of Better Call Saul, which kind of gave me the idea for this uh, concept to begin with. And so I'm going to explore it further. And uh, No spoilers. I've already seen it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to give it any spoilers. I'm just I'm just giving you a shameless plug. That is going to be uh, appearing on my YouTube and on my website, mad-musings.com. Anyway, back to the podcast. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are sponsored by Graham Stepniewski's Mad Musings. <laughs> Brought to you by Stepniewski. <laughs> Can we take a hot minute in the debate? The the fucking spelling of Polish last names are like Ukrainian and Russian and all that. No. Okay. Just just thought it I'd is, throw that out. It there. is a it is a linguistics thing. It is it is just how their language evolved. No. <laughs> yes. Fine. What do I know? All I know is you're... I'm really annoyed when I when I read it phonetically on a page. It's Stepniewski, and you're like, no, it's Stepnevsky, and you're like, what? There's no V in there. Well, technically, the in Poland, my my grandfather when he came over, he was when he was immigrating to uh, the United States, he they they asked him like, your name is too complicated. Uh, you need to change it. Uh, how about Stevens? And he said, no, I'm not making it that. How about I just take the accent off of the E? Because in Poland, there's an accent over the E that turns it into Stolbnevsky. Communist. <laughs> and um, I'm sorry, I mispronounced that. <laughs> Libertarian. I, I am no longer a libertarian. I no longer identify with that anger-ridden party. Moving on. Anyway. That's <laughs> a whole road. All right, so tell me more about the, 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 the narrative time travel. What, what, you know, that can't be all. You teased us, but what's, uh, what else you got going for you? Well, narrative time travel works in many different ways so you've read you've read books where uh chapters will go back in time 
to explain something or or in shows yeah. where where a scene at a be- the beginning of a, an episode will jump forward or back in time uh, before getting back to the like center of the story uh does it have to be the beginning is... of the end of the scene could it be in the middle of the no, scene no like no it can, it can happen at any time it can happen at okay. any time just just i want to understand uh, i'm just i'm here. just i'm just show i'm just showing various like specific examples and show like this also any of these any of these can be it i'm just i'm gonna give you the same advice i give you all the time you need to study abroad abroad sure Let's um, see what i did there because yes, grandma's so. single folks <laughs> okay anyway Graham uh, did not see what uh, i was doing there <laughs> i did not but you you got me fuck you <laughs> uh westworld i think is actually one of the best examples of subversive time travel uh because that's we're, a we're, tough westworld cookie. season one westworld season one because uh spoilers spoilers for westworld season one there's about three different timelines happening at once uh for the same characters but they for the first about six episodes they make it seem like it could be happening in in just one timeline you're like it seems like they keep you guessing where you don't know there's multiple timelines yeah but then once you once you realize that there is multiple timelines and that there and that some of the characters are are some different actors playing the same character in in the different timelines that it blows your mind but you also feel satisfied and it feels like it's so clarifying you're like yeah that's kind of really awesome christopher sorry it wasn't christopher it was jonathan nolan christopher nolan's brother uh and lisa joy i want to say her name was the uh there are a couple that produced that show and yeah that that show is like the probably the poster child for satisfying the itch there's a word for it there's a word i can't remember I'm, I'm way too drunk there's a word for like when you the viewer are watching a movie tv show or some some medium of that no, notion and you're able to piece together what's going on before they explain it on screen or in the book or whatever but they don't actually tell you and that's the sign of good writing is when you feel smart because you feel like you figured it out before they told the show but this show toes that line perfectly westworld in season one toes the line so perfectly that you think you figured it out but you're still just like i think that's what's going on i'm confident what's going on but i really don't know what the fuck is going on and then they tell you what's going on you're like i fucking knew it yeah it's such a gratifying payoff it is like scratching yeah the deepest part of your nutsack that you Mm -hmm. just can't reach in a public setting very visceral uh image that you've painted there but for our lady listeners uh figure it out no you should just apologize to them um (laughs) i should apologize for a lot of things you should apologize for a lot of things but i'd start with that i'd start with the most recent thing (laughs) i apologize Um, for my nutsack comment there we go thank you um i think it is like it is a good moment of scratching like it just that 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 proverbial itch in your brain it is like that like that that one spot in your back you can't reach or just like you're just like oh i think that's what's going on i really think i really do i really think that's what's happening and then they like they clarify and even if it's not what you thought was going on you just it really is just so satisfying of a moment in television. I, I love Westworld season one for how well they structure the narrative. 
Yeah. And just yeah, the time jumps are just perfect. I I compare Westworld season one. Um, well, I I shouldn't say I compare it to anything. I see that as kind of the pinnacle of like uh narrative subversive narrative time travel, where you're not sure, you're trying to figure it out, and then you find out. That's it's very subversive, and uh, whereas uh witcher season one on netflix that show mm-hmm. attempted to do something very similar um except there was no real reason for that like subversiveness there was no nothing accomplished from it because with Westworld, there was this like deep layered all these characters <clears throat> are doing something slightly different um and and you're just trying to figure out like okay this is blending together but i feel like it's also different at the same time whereas in witcher they were just like short stories and it's like oh yeah okay um this is happening at this time and this is happening at this time they didn't necessarily blend together like a full narrative in season one and so there wasn't really anything accomplished by making it subversive and the only thing they did to make it subversive was not mention the times in the bottom of the screen i think it would i i think that witcher season one would have been better for me if they had not done that because i actually i kind of felt annoyed that i didn't know what was going on with the time uh with the time differences i I was like what i feel like this is happening before that's happening later and they're just and they're not telling me i feel like they're trying to the payoff is nowhere near as satisfying there's there's no payoff to it because there was no reason to pay it off <laughs> there yeah. was nothing there was no reason to hide now, it that's my i'm gonna my i'm gonna play devil's advocate here go ahead drunk devil's advocate for just a minute and 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 for the record i'm gonna preface this with i agree with you 100 but as somebody who read the books and when it came to the books especially you know the first book i actually listened I didn't read it. I listened to it on audiobook. And the audiobook of the first book plays out the same way in that it has a chapter of Geralt in, let's say, storyline A, okay? Chapter one, Geralt storyline A. <clears throat> chapter two is Geralt in the past doing something different. Chapter three continues storyline a yeah chapter four another side story chapter five storyline a it jumps back and forth and without without telling you that it's a different time it he lets and maybe it does if you read the book if you read there's nothing the the author um lets you know that it's jumping back in time without telling you the exact years it's just like the way he writes each of the interim chapters no they don't um by the end you're like okay it's you just feel like okay this is about to jump back this is not going to be jumping forward then you figure it out they're like oh they're jumping around but when you're enlisting in the moment there's no indication there's no like Geralt's in the past or something it's Geralt is doing you know in chapter one it's like and then Geralt did this end of chapter chapter two Geralt was riding along a long and lonesome road on his horse uh yeah they Uh, don't tell you but it's clear for some reason no it's not it is not clear Hmm. it confused the fuck out of me i always found it quite clear that it was jumping around in time because it seemed like those were interim chapters 
Especially because it it's me... the first book, right? We're talking about the um, uh, Last Wish. Or, sorry, no, no. Yeah, the la- yeah la- uh, Last Wish. You're right. Yeah, Last Wish. The, yeah, it was Last the... Wish, Sword of Destiny, and then Blood of Elves, Tower mm-hmm. of Swallows. So bullshit. Last Wish has all the interim chapters where he's at the monastery with the with the uh, 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 the woman, nun, the nun who will not nun, speak. Yeah, yeah, the kind of it, it's weird what her role is. Is she a concubine nun or something like a sexual? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Everybody's a concubine in the Witcher it, world. Come yeah, on. in the Witcher world, everybody fucks. <laughs> but do they fuck? Point being, oh, they fuck. <laughs> They fuck. But yeah, so but it is not obvious, at least when you're listening to it, that it's uh, that it's the same. It's two different storylines. It is, it jumps, and you're just like, wait, what? Once, hold on. Once, okay, sure, the first time, but once it jumps back to yeah. that area, then it's clear. Then it's clear. That I'll agree with. Once, once you've had like two of each, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, this is what they're going for because what happened is originally the story was published in a magazine and he just did short stories and then he put into the book and became a whole other thing so when it comes you know long story long you know we've been recording for way too long now the long story could be longer i agree with you that season one of the witcher while it's jumping around narrative uh, timelines didn't quite pay off the way it could or should have been i understand why they tried that because that's how the book was structured so i appreciate the effort it just didn't stick the landing fair i think that's that's yeah witcher season one tried to do what westworld did but there wasn't a reason to do it because westworld was like in a bottle (laughs) had a unique concept that was based around narrative subversive yeah. uh, subversion um within the timeline uh they, it was all part of the storytelling like, w- that's, like that's it was what written makes to be like season that one that's what makes but... westworld season one the best season is because it was so bottle like in that in its concept whereas once that once the glass was shattered on the bottle the let's say it's a glass genie bottle. let out of the lamp once they, Pandora once out they of the smashed box. the bottle and let the 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 ship out it, it that was a horrible analogy it's a it's a ship in a bottle show the ship is the show and the and the and the first yeah season, yeah i get it i get it, I get it. That just, had a gr- like it was this Jesus. great concept and then then you drop the bottle it shatters and the ship goes along it continues its path uh into the water it does tells its story but it's just not quite as good it because yeah. you're missing you're missing what made that first season special it had a great story but it also the reason it had a great story was because of the subversion and once the timeline just goes yeah this, yeah so i i yeah. like season two i haven't seen season three because everybody i trust has told me that it kind of got bad but... I watched half of it, and it was intriguing because now we're out in the real world. We're in mo- uh, in their modern day LA, and you know, speaking of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, fucking Jesse Aaron Paul's Pinkman. in. Yeah, he makes an appearance in I think season three and four. Isn't isn't he a robot? He's like robot Jesse. Pinkman. I do not know what happens to him. Okay. So maybe he is. I couldn't tell you. All well, I know I is there is a scene in the first episode of season three with Evan Rachel Wood where her dress changes like she's walking along and she rips off a dress and another one appears and it is just a gorgeous scene 
Like, holy shit. The cinematography. Drop dead gorgeous. The cinematography, the production design, the visual effects to, to accomplish the change, all of it just blends itself so well to this just, I, like, just, like, it, it, it does nothing for the story or the show, but you just sit there and you're like, wow. Yeah. That was cool. They wanted that shot. <laughs> it was an iconic, it was a, just an iconically good shot. It was like, it was an attention grabber. Because by this point, people's attentions are starting to wander, and they're like, oh, what's going on here? And then you just watch Evan Rachel Wood just steal the show, and you're like, oh, damn. Oh, yeah. damn. Oh, damn. But, Indeed. So, yeah. And then Witcher Season 2, I didn't personally prefer, because that's all just fabricated for the show, so we're not going to go into that. But eh. what else you got for time travel? Let's talk more about Um. Not very much right now. I, I've, I've talked a little bit about what I'm going to have in my video. Uh, maybe once I start, once I've completed that and start moving on to further videos talking about the subject, uh, I will talk a little bit more on the podcast. Oh, Jesus, I'm bringing more booze, aren't I? Uh, it, it won't be a, rec- it won't be a full, like every week, uh-huh. maybe, maybe every other week. Uh, that's what they all say. But I, you know, you mentioned it earlier and I was thinking about it. I didn't want to be rude at the time and interrupt, but now, now I've drinking a couple of drinks and I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that shows are like time travel because of the stories they tell. Well, all so, stories. All stories. All stories. All stories are time travel, and I and that really kind of resonated in my head because like everything is encapsulated in you know because there's always that yeah. like when something bad happens they're like oh it was just what was relevant at the time. Yeah. And it's well, true to an extent. Like, think about it this way. So many people think of time travel as just being a a tool in sci-fi or fantasy or romance movies or paranormal movie you know they they, they're always in some kind of like weird out there stuff but the very basic philosophical concept of time travel is that it is an offshoot of story or that that storytelling is an offshoot of it sorry we usually think of time travel as just being a tool for storytelling but what if storytelling is just a tool for time travel if we use stories to travel to a different time one that we would prefer or one that we would like to see or uh uh one that we're just curious about we we hear we have an image in our head of this world and we want to see it to fruition and so i think I think that that's a really interesting argument that he makes that time travel is the root of it all it, and that yeah. storytelling comes from that. Well, I'm just thinking about like, so I, I recently watched the series finale for the office Good and job. shut up Siri. I got you. <laughs> shut up. Siri's talking to me again. She's talking back. You got to keep that shit in line. Yeah. I watched the series finale of The Office, and The the Office, uh, The Office, Siri's not a real girl. (laughs) I don't treat her with the same respect I do the real girls. You can ask any girl in my life. I treat them with utmost respect. He treats objects like women, man. I don't. Don't be spreading that kind of shit. (laughs) Bad gas travels fast in a small town, you fucker. No, but you missed what I said. It's the reverse. He treats... It's usually he treats women. Fuck. 
Never mind, you ruined it. I'm cutting that because you fucking ruined it. I treat women with high respect. That <sighs> I worship the feet of many a girl. Folks, he doesn't get the joke. He hasn't seen the big He doesn't get a lot of shit. Times. He hasn't seen uh, the big Lebowski enough times. Do you not know a lot about the Big Lebowski? I am ordained in the Church of the Latter Day Dude. I'll have you know. Are you now? But ha- but mm. do you do you not know a lot about the Big Lebowski? You can you can just casually like it and still get ordained. But do you know a lot? I mean, it's been a hot minute since I've seen it. I'll grant you. But you know, top five. That rug really tied the room together. That 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 rug really tied the room together. Anyway. I was watching The Office recently, and it is almost, you know, like any show, because, like, you know, I know you love The Office, and you love Parks and Rec. I love Scrubs. Scrubs came out in 2001. Office came out, what, 2005? Yes. Our office, American office. 2005. Parks and Rec was, what, 2008? Nine. Nine. These shows, you know, well, Parks and Rec does a pretty good job with the ambiguity, but, like, the Office and Scrubs, there's some jokes and there's some comments and there's storylines and there's ideas and and just, you know, and you can think back to any show. I mean, go back to, like, the Honeymooners with, like, domestic abuse. Oh. Um, but, like, every <laughs> show is encapsulation concept. of a time. It's not. But you you were talking about time, time, narrative yeah. time travel. I'm just saying, like, yeah, every story, every TV show is the telling of a story that encapsulates the time that it's a, it's occurring in. Yes. And so the aliens, when they they are the fucking alien overlords, when they finally take over in a hundred years, they're gonna watch, you know, the oldies shows like The Office and Parks and Rec, and be like, oh, that's how humans lived a hundred years ago. Yeah, you know, they're a a waste of a fucking species. That's a good point you made about The Office because uh, uh, Greg Daniels originally told the writers, he said, I don't want to do any like uh, uh, pop culture jokes in The Office because I want to keep it. uh, I want this show to feel timeless. And for me, I, I was thinking about it, and I realized, well, as the show went on, they started to have more pop culture jokes, probably as his, as his hand on the show, like, loosened. You know, he, he still had a hand on it, but it just kind of loosened in its grasp. He started, I mean, doing other things, too. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, they started doing more um, pop culture jokes, and I thought about it, and I realized, well, the funniest jokes in the entire show are ones that have almost no pop culture references. Uh, the ones that just just work. They just work at any time. Yeah. <laughs> the joke that just matches in any time. Uh, uh... I would still say that there's a, some points, especially in the first few seasons, with how Michael Scott is portrayed uh, by mm. Steve Carell, that just don't age well. No, and they that's that is. I mean, many people agree on that. Um, yeah. I, I actually realized recently why I, why I love season seven the most of The Office. Um, uh, in the first episode's commentary on the DVDs, B.J. Novak said that they, realized, they knew that Steve Carell was leaving at the end of the season, so they had to have him grow each episode to the point that by the end we would believe that he's ready to go off and marry Holly and have kids with her and not be at the office anymore and i realized i was like that's why i like this season seven so much is because at the end of each episode he actually fucking learns 
and I hated and it that. Sticks. It sticks. Like be, because I know it's funny when a character doesn't learn, but it's also so fucking frustrating to watch season in, season out. And I know some people can do it, but it's so much I think it's just better television and it's more heartwarming when a character like slowly gets better. Well, and season yeah. seven just nails it because he Steve Carell becomes such a great character and my favorite episode of the entire office is Goodbye Michael because like I love Steve Steve Carell's character by that point. I love Michael in that episode. The the show The Office and I, I, I can't think of another show that does this better. The Office really does a great job on trickle hope. So at the time, I mean, I think I think our that time has passed. I don't think you know shows nowadays they come and go within three, four seasons tops. Like to have yeah. something last longer than three seasons is a goddamn miracle. Yeah. And how how long did The Office last? How many seasons? Eight, nine, nine seasons, nine nine seasons in eight years. Yeah. Because the first season so, was like a demo season. Yeah, half the half season. Anyway, point being, The Office, I think, was the perfect show for what I am drunkenly thinking call, about calling the trickle effect. Where it had the slowest burn for all the hopes you wanted from a show. Because it doled out every little bit that you wanted in just the smallest and most perfect incremental amount yeah. to just keep you coming back to watch it more. It had the perfect teaser. You know, Marvel has built its fucking empire on seeding what's coming next. You get a, you get a great movie and you watch that movie and you're like, that was awesome. But what's next Marvel? Yeah. What are we doing fucking next? Yeah, Hit me with that's... that after credit scene that's going to tell me what's going to happen next. Is all right. You've given me that, but now I want to see more. And, to and quote, so you, to quote B.J. Novak again, what you kind of what you're saying, like up to that point, he would learn at the end of an episode, but then by the next episode, he was just justifying his behavior to a whole new degree. Like he yeah. would just find a new level to which he could justify what he was doing was actually good but even even but it goes beyond michael though that's what i'm getting at though is that show michael yes you're 100 percent correct that you know in the sense that yeah michael by the when season two starts every episode he had to learn and you had to hope that he was redeemable season seven showed that he was redeemable but every from two through six you just you always get that idea like all right maybe he's not a bad guy maybe you just kept hoping year you know episode after episode but at the same time, you had other great storylines. Look at Jim and Pam. Has any other show taken four seasons to get a couple together? Um, I mean, most of them. They just are like on what? and off. They're on and off. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying you bring these folks together, and yeah, they have their own trials and tribulations they work through. That's but they're fair. together from that point yeah, forward. That's, from that's, seasons that's four through point. nine, for five years, these folks come together. You could quote, I mean, Scrubs, you got JD and Elliot who uh, are on, they, they start dating in season one, then they're off, and then they're on again, and they're off. Friends with Ross and Rachel, you know, but The Office, and then to an extension, they, they figured it out with, by the time they got to the Parks and Rec, because when did Ben Wyatt and uh, Leslie start dating? Uh, they hooked on, up. 
they hooked up in season four, and mm-hmm. then they get married in uh, season five. But they met each other at the end of season two because that's when he came into yeah. the show. So, so but yeah. okay, so if you figure the end of season two, so let's say a season and a half for them to get together. So you figure a little bit of two, all of three. Sorry, they hook up in season three. All right, so even less. Like we're talking a season before they get together, and yeah, you know, because season like, four is all show? of the election from the beginning of season four. Yeah. It's all the election, and so she's already have anyway. has to have slept with him to. All right, switch it off for make a that a scam. Um, Sorry, you've turned on my brain. I know everything about that <laughs> yeah, show. I know, Fuck I know. you. That's on me. That's on me. I you asked you. me. I'll do it. Yeah, I I, only, I opened Pandora. I opened the Parks and Rec Pandora box, but like. Yeah. So what other show gives you the hope of Jim and Pam from episode one? You can tell those characters are going to get together, but they don't give it to you until season four fully. Right? Am I right on that? I'm thinking. I mean, there's kissing, there's there's hints, there's trickle, but until they actually are like officially a couple. I'm thinking. Oh snap! One could argue. One could argue uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia with uh, the waitress. Like they seeded that from the first episode and you kind of just a little in the back of your head. You're like, oh, I just a little bit want Charlie to get the girl right. You know, because uh, the whole point is that she was his high school crush and she just always hated him, but he still likes her. And so just a little part of you is like, Charlie, I want Charlie to have a win. And so from the first episode, you kind of have that mentality. And then he finally gets it and just is like, all right, I'm done. And you're like, oh, fuck you, Charlie. <laughs> you're an asshole. Yeah, see, that's not gratifying. That's stupid. <laughs> I mean, the I'm trying to think of all the other popular sitcoms that we talked about. Like, How I Met Your Mother. I mean, he's pining after Robin since episode Are one. Are you kidding? We're waiting for him to meet the mother for nine seasons. That's the ultimate yeah. slow burn. Yeah, but you know he's going to end up with Robin. Which happens in season one, I, episode I not, one. I do not, I do not consider that canon. That that is not canon. The yeah, wife well, lives. you're on your own there, the my wife high lives. friend. That's your high opinion. I I am of the opinion that the I finale, present to you finale drunken catch. facts. They need to reshoot the finale. I'll get a hold of Craig shit. Carter Bays and Craig Thomas. I'll get on. I'll get on that. Maybe they'll fix their careers by doing it. <laughs> not likely. Because they haven't. You know what they're doing right now. They're helping How I Met Your Father. And boy, are they doing a good mm. job of that. It wasn't bad. Oh, it was It bad. wasn't good. It wasn't good. I'll grant you that. None of the characters it... are in the same like overall friend group. It's always like it's three separate friend groups that are all... It definitely felt separated. Um, but I do give them kudos for trying to introduce new dynamics and not just doing cookie cutter cutouts of the same characters. They so introdu- like they they tried to do jokes that how I met your mother would have done in like season 4 or 5, like things that you know about the world so much. They tried to do that in like the fourth episode yeah. of the show. And it's like, what are you no. doing, man? What are you doing? The writing is not great. The acting is okay, you know, not stupendous i mean it's the, the, fucking uh, Duffer, you can say it the acting is bad 
I do like the dude. I can't remember his name, but the dude who was in Glow. And yeah. Um, he's fucking funny. He's I, I enjoy him. He's very good. Um, and I do like they flipped the script where now we're watching her give the narrative versus watching the kids and the, you know, yeah. where it was the kids in the flash forward. Now it's the, the, the mom in the flash forward. So, like, yeah. it's, it's trying. Yeah. And I could see... Because uh, just like Office, just like Parks and Rec, the first season's always a rough season. But How I Met Your Mother's first season was its best season. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> they can so, only but, but, go downhill. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you want to talk about time travel? Look at that! Like, look at that series where it does take place both in the future and the present. That that is a show that is a perfect uh, uh, example of time travel the the tv show because it's about a, a guy who who not only himself is reminiscing time traveling in his own head but he's le- he's bringing his kids along and the audience subsequently yeah yeah so think about that uh for the audience our audience out there uh all all one of you who've stuck around this far uh whenever you i'm watch, here whenever you watch the office in all nine seasons in less than a week You've just time traveled through nine years of somebody's life in the span of a week. Congratulations, you're a slob. Congratulations, you have no life. (laughs) But again, I I defy anybody to put in the comments another show that encapsulates the trickle effect so well to just give you just enough just enough to want yeah, to keep I coming back for more i can't more. think of it i can't think of it so don't make me keep thinking because i'm my head's gonna well, explode it'll explode you see brooklyn 99 jake and uh amy what do you think there that was shorter they got together sooner they got together at the end of season two going into season three because season they? three, that quick? yes, that was because in season three, Holt is taken um, out of not the nine nine and taken to public relations, and he goes to Gina, and and that's when they go through. They have Bill Hader, and then they have the the uh, Falcon, or sorry, the the Vulture, as their um, as their uh, uh, captains after that and when you mean cj yeah and so they they get together with yeah with ken CJ marino ken, yeah then they get <laughs> um so you guys can just you know stop crime do whatever you feel like you know i'm, I'm the cool captain i'm the cool captain <laughs> why would we be crying <laughs> are you wearing sweatpants no oh wait yes yes i am wearing sweatpants i like how that his initial reaction is just no oh wait yeah i'm the captain fuck it <laughs> Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Ken Marino is the best. I want to dip my balls in it. Now that might require some context. (laughs) Uh, Ken Marino, Joe Latrulio, Michael Showalter, David Wayne. These are uh, these are just a few of the names of a comedy troupe that had a show on MTV called The State. They were if you've ever watched Amer- uh, Wet Hot American Summer, you know who these guys are. Yeah, they've got about six of the 11 members in Wet Hot American Summer. Um, actually, I think with the entire series, they've got almost all of them at this point. Um, but uh, the state was just this very uh, 
it was it was a SNL knockoff. The youngest member was uh, was uh, Michael Ian Black at twenty years old, and the oldest member I think was David Wayne at like twenty two. They were all twenty to twenty two, very young, and were just given the keys to their own uh, uh, variety show, or basically like. <laughs> uh, Let's put it this way, folks: it was a public access television sketch show that modeled itself after uh, SNL. That is hysterical. Yes, there we go. That's a that's a good way of putting it. I I, I go too many too many details, but I'm gonna go into many details now. Um, it is it is more than just hilarious. It launched like eleven fucking careers, and they've all gone on to do things in various degrees. I mean, it, David Wayne, come on, David Wayne is. Uh, my patience is waning. A very, very famous director at this point. He's done a lot. I mean, he he created uh, with Michael Showalter the Wet Hot American Summer series. He, Michael Showalter, and Michael Ian Black uh, did Stella, which was kind of a condensed version of the state, just the three of them, more more uh, uh, solidified. Uh, and those are actually very funny. If you, anybody's uh, interested, look up Stella on on YouTube. You'll find it. Yeah, very funny. Um, and uh, Thomas Lennon, Thomas Lennon, uh, who who plays uh, uh, the German fiance in How I Met Your Mother, um, and Fam- so famously known for Reno Nine One One. Famously known for Reno Nine One One. That's the one I was searching for in my brain while I said that. Yeah, Reno Nine One One is actually uh, like five or five or six of the other members who weren't in uh, <laughs> Wet Hot American Summer doing that show. Um, so Reno nine one one is the he's the dude in Reno nine one one that has like the ridiculously short shorts. Yes, yes. Thomas Lennon is a fucking legend. Um, they should just take his. They should just he sh- he should just change his name from Lennon to Legend because he is that fucking funny. Everything Careful. he does. I'm pretty sure the name Lennon is pretty legendary at this point. There, Fair Mr. Enough. Beetle. Fair enough. Fair enough. But he is just that. There's no relation, though, right? He is that funny. There's no relation to John, though, is there? No. No. All right. He he is American. Thomas Lennon is American. I think. He's maybe Canadian. American actor. Oh, you're an American actor. I am. Technically. Mm. Technically speaking, his wonderful background role in the Bureau. Shameless plug. I've been in a few other things, haven't I? I don't Rams know. Rams of the Galaxy. I, there, yeah. <laughs> Anytime I need to pick me up, I watch Rams of the Galaxy. Yeah, that, that is one of my where you're favorite going. videos. I will always. I think my favorite part of it, because it's the absolute worst, not the jumping. The jumping was just what we could do. No, it was the one where we couldn't get the slide of me me sliding on the ground. You just pan the camera. It's so bad. It's so bad. Why did we do that? Why did we do that? <laughs> I'm open. I am. If you had a better suggestion here now or then, I would be open to I'm it. I'm thinking about it now. What if I had like done those like quick steps? I think that would have been even worse. It would have been like the jumping. But would have would have been funnier because <laughs> at least no. I was trying. 
I think I think it just shows like, oh god, that's bad, and it just shows how like we're trying. Here, I will I will put hysterical. the I will put the the clip up in the video. Put the put put the whole fucking thing in right about. Send me a link. Send me a link, and I'll. Put it's it. on YouTube. Fuck you. Get your own link. Fuck you. All right. Anyway, but we've been go watch it. For... It's Graham's best acting known to man, where he plays Star Lord. I I, I St- played... sorry 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 sorry. He plays Stoned Lord, and we record I would... <laughs> doing a dance in the middle of Coal Harbor. I have Park to object to that being my finest acting role. I played Nicely Nicely Johnson in my high school production of Guys and Dolls, and I fucking killed it. Uh, yeah, but there's no video proof of that, is there? There is video proof of it. Fuck you. You're I hostile will... tonight. I... Yeah, I am hostile mm. because you're hostile. I'm drunk when I go for it. That's kind of my <laughs> my, my base level. Fair That's enough. my zero. <laughs> anyway, we've been supposed to be the high cool one. I am the high cool one, and that's why I'm trying to wrap this up right now. And you keep keep taking it. You're, you're welcome. Anyway, we've been sitting here for a little while, and I think uh, you're sitting. I'm standing or wobbling. Maybe. Well, then, just to to add to my point, maybe we should think about wrapping this conversation up. I think we've had a, a wonderful conversation, very interesting, and it's given me lots of ideas for for future uh, uh, videos about this. Again. My uh, video will be posted on my website, mad-musings.com, also on YouTube, at Outrageous Creation. And uh, there you can also find my writings. I have short stories, shorter stories, uh, poetry, and some uh, scenes, scenes from plays. Uh, What about you, Corey? Where can we find you online? That's kind of a loaded question, don't you think, bud? Okay, where can we find you? What is a way that people can access <laughs> your work in a way that they might enjoy it, uh, like it, uh, maybe inquire after it further? Ooh. I don't think they're going to like anything. But... If you're interested Give in seeing what I've done they will in my work. Is that the phrase? Oh, no. No, that is not the phrase. <laughs> that is the worst way to phrase that phrase. <laughs> oh, shit. That's a whole lot to unpack there. I, I don't recommend that again. But if there's any interest in seeing the shit that I've done and uh, trying to accomplish it and enjoy it, you can find me on all the social medias at Roxyboy, R-O-K-E-S-Y-B-O-Y. My website is too long to list here as a URL, but you can rest assured it is listed on my Instagram um, profile page. And if you really want it, leave a comment. I will be happy to send it to you with all my photography, videography, podcasting, and other various bullshit, including Grams of the Galaxy. Very nice, and I'll link that. I'm so proud of that. I'll link that so down below. Fun. And uh, again, nobody's watching to this point, but um, if anybody has any suggestions for what we should talk about next time on Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions, then leave a comment down below about your own drunk thought and or high opinion, and or maybe some uh, crossed interventions. You know, oh, what was it? Crossed examinations. Yeah, if you if you like to dabble in both. 
We don't recommend it, but to each their own. We don't condone anything here. Just handle your high. Handle your high. If you're at home, you're safe. Enjoy it. Don't do shit tomorrow or tonight. Like I'm not. Anyway, that's Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions. I'm your High Opinions, and I'm Greg. I've been your Drunk Thoughts, everybody. I'm your Oaks. Good night.